the Agile brand. Welcome to Season 6 of the Agile Brand, where we discuss marketing technology and customer experience trends, insights, and ideas with enterprise and technology platform leaders. We focus on the people, processes, data, and platforms that make brands successful, scalable, customer-focused, and sustainable. This is what makes an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advising Fortune 1000 brands on MarTech, marketing operations, and CX, best-selling author and speaker. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that my latest book, Priority is Action, Seven Principles for Better Strategies, Decisions, and Outcomes, is now available. In it, I give ideas and insights for leaders and teams that need to make meaningful progress on their priorities. After all, our priorities are what we do, not what we say we'd like to do. You can find Priority is Action on Amazon or learn more on my website, gregkilstrom.com. Now let's get on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about the value of learning from data to improve the customer experience. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Matt Swally, co-founder and chief business officer at OmniKey. Matt, welcome to the show. Hi, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this topic with you. Uh, why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as what OmniKey does? Sure. So I'm chief business officer and a co-founder of OmniKey. I joined the company two and a half years ago. The company was founded in 2018 by Hikari Senju, who was on his third startup. He's a Harvard computer science grad, knew that data and analytics would be the key to generative AI and scaling content. And so we've been ahead on the vision and then the technology improvements keep keep happening. But OmniKey helps scale that content as attention spans of consumers is getting shorter and shorter. They're going to all these different places, mobile websites, apps, connected television. OmniKey helps them follow their customers to all these places and communicate it in a way that resonates based on data. My background was I started at a large company for 13 years, moved all around the country. I worked for AT&T. I did a bunch of, started out in direct sales. So think making lots of cold calls, meeting with thousands of customers in my early days. I ended up leading a bunch of teams across Southern California. I finished up my last five years at Dallas headquarters where I did some corporate jobs as a chief of staff supporting the global business officer that ran the multinational businesses. And then the last two years were in corporate strategy. I got really excited in corporate strategy about the next waves of growth, AI being one of them. And it was on that year of the bullish market and lots of IPOs. I was like, I would love to go do something, take a risk. And I, I met Hikari and, and joined two and a half years ago. Great, great. Well, yeah, let's 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 dive in here and uh, start by talking about learning from our data as as marketers. And so, you know, many listening to this have likely heard the term garbage in, garbage out, <laughs> meaning, you know, if you put, in this case, bad data into your marketing efforts, I guess if you put other bad stuff into your marketing efforts, you're not going to get optimal results either, but particularly data uh, in this context. So, you know, before embarking on AI-based transformation and doing one-to-one omni-channel personalization, you know, it turns into buzzword bingo here, <laughs> but, um, you know, we need good data to power all of that, right? So how should marketers think about ensuring they're starting with the best data possible? Yeah, so the biggest challenge out there, especially for those big businesses out there, is too much data and nothing actionable. Yeah. So. Yeah. The race right now is to figure out how do we use what data we have across first party and third party 
and make it actionable. And the time frames of being able to move on stuff is becoming faster and faster. We'll talk about AI in a second. That's an enabling that, but it's mission critical for businesses to move fast. There's new events that happen, changes in, in the market that if you move fast, you're going to be better off than your competitors. And so from an advertising standpoint, one of the most beneficial things you can do today is you look at performance data. So advertising has changed a ton over the past couple of years. One is personal information is becoming more and more restricted. What's that leading to? Creative is now the major lever for distribution. For those listeners out there that don't understand what that means, the algorithms for like Meta and Google and TikTok and programmatic, they know the end user. They keep that data. They know, Greg, if you like golf or if someone in your house looked at a specific pair of pants or something. And it's going to serve you a bunch of ads similar to that. You know, when you're when someone in your household looks at something and then all of a sudden you start seeing a bunch of ads on your, you know, your right. phone, you're like, how did that happen? This happened with me last week. My wife was like, why does this thing you talk about keep showing up? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I know exactly why. <laughs> right, right. And what you can do now, though, is, is you bring in the data and computer vision, which has been around a long, long time, can help quantify and look at different elements of creative. There's really typically five different elements across the different platforms. It could be different. There's a headline text, a primary text, what they call a call to action, which is like what you're supposed to do at the end of looking at the ad, and then the image or video. And the multivariate creative testing is testing a whole lot of different value props and stories with, you know, short form video, long form video images, determining what's resonating and iterating. Well, computer vision can help quantify what are the colors in there? How many people? What's the value prop? A whole lot of the different elements. It can, it can very correctly identify now. And then there's different layers of advertising you can look at. So we look at a number of different ways. Everyone tells a different story. Impressions, for example, is showing you what's getting distributed the most by a platform. That costs money. The other ones are click-through rate, cost per acquisition. If you look at these in different lenses, and, and our platform does this, they all tell a different story. A ad that's not getting distributed as much may have a better click-through rate, a better sell rate. And then we'll like look at the different stories and then figure out what are those elements consistent across all the ads that are driving clicks and purchases. I saw one example recently where percentage off, for example, in an e-commerce company was performing way better than using two different prices. Yeah. That's just a small example. And that was shown in the data by looking at percentage off had a much lower conversion rate or a much lower cost, cost per conversion than using a price, using like specific prices in the ads. These are the type of small learnings that can be carried over immediately to creative. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the scaling of content in a minute. Yeah, yeah. And and just to to follow up on that piece of it though, you know, in in that example or, you know, in in some related examples, you know, what's what's exactly is the role of AI there and or, you know, is there an additional role that AI can play in, you know, helping to learn and understand our our data? Sure. So there's inputs and the, there's outputs that AI can really do. So in this side of it on the analyze standpoint, it can just review everything that's been running. For example, we have a bunch of historical data through integrations with the platforms. Um, brands would have you know, other data with purchase data and stuff. Well, 
that computer vision element can help identify the elements and then pull out, you can help pull out what are the, the consistent elements. But it will also actually type up descriptions of what is this ad or what is this video? What is the tone? What is the the keywords in it? Um, what is what is the product, for example? It can even get to that level with tags. And that makes you move much faster and you can go feed that into AI that does outputs of generation. Yeah, and so that um, the speed component here, that's something I wanted to talk about as well. Like, is that is that one of the primary, you know, because technically, maybe not with huge um, mountains of data, can a person or a human really effectively, uh, you know, kind of pour through that. But, you know, in, in many cases, given enough time, human teams can probably, you know, figure out somehow what you know, that one type of offer is working better than another, but, you know, is, is speed one of the things that you would highlight as, as one of the key benefits of, of AI of just like speed of analysis? Yeah. Uh, the algorithms of the platforms are changing every day. It, it's really supply and demand on purchasing and stuff and they change stuff, change things. So you can analyze data quicker, but the other aspect is still the plugging that into future creative and shortening that cycle of being able to go from creation to launching. It's yeah. a much shorter cycle that used to take potentially months for some large brands from strategy to design to copywriting to approval by five different people within their company. You have to really make this cycle much more concise to be able to react to new events that happen out there and the news that positively impact your product or if you have an event coming up or most importantly, like if you're a SaaS company and you have retail banking and a couple of other verticals, instead of just doing more general ads, you could have, you could move much faster in testing more personalized content for each of those audiences. It could yeah. do, oh, the other thing too, Greg, I want to mention is localization becomes much easier with AI. One is you can pull in data of if you're running a campaign in a specific geography, well, AI on the other side can easily go add in, you know, localized cities, things in that area, images potentially of that city to the content much, much faster than historically where you'd have to go, go do it manually. I hope you're enjoying the first part of the show, and I want to invite you to check out another podcast from the Agile brand. It's called B2B Agility, and it's hosted by me, Greg Kilstrom. The B2B Agility podcast looks at the factors that drive success in B2B marketing, with a focus on the people, processes, data, and platforms that make B2B brands stand out and thrive in a competitive marketplace. You can find B2B Agility on this podcast platform or wherever you normally listen. Before we get back to the show, I just wanted to remind you to hit the follow or subscribe button on your app to make sure you get notified when new episodes of this show are available. Now let's get back to the show. So let's um, talk a little bit more about AI and I wanna focus on generative AI, surprise, surprise. Um, for those listening, we tend to talk about that a lot lately, but you know, your platform uh, does a lot with generative AI, and you know certainly it's it's been top of mind for for many. Um, so you know, what do you see as the optimal role for you know not not just AI, but specifically generative AI for a marketing team? 
it's it's that buzzword again that you mentioned personalization and it's still not to one-to-one greg like when you hear one-to-one personalization we're not there the platforms will distribute differently for each end user so it's getting closer but it's being able to to scale that content for all the different audiences test lots of different copy and different types of ads much much more efficiently and also scaling it to all the other places they could be so one of the biggest challenges in the past was your Meta and Google historically own like over 50% of the ad market. Well, that continues to decline as new platforms emerge and people's attention spans are getting shorter. Most of the time, internal teams don't have the expertise to go create content for all these different things. And so we look at really at this omni-platform approach where we can learn from the brand. So one other thing that AI can do is large language models can scan large data sets and, and documents and learn like what are the, the tone, the, the logo, the fonts, the colors, learn from that. And then what the plat- what type of content dimensions and, and type of content platforms need and then help either design images or generate images or scripts for like user generated content Imagine like an e-commerce UGC is is one of the highest user-generated content is one of the higher performing things. It can generate scripts based on the data. And you can immediately take that to an influencer or on the other end, Greg, there's AI avatars, which are everyone's seen, but they're continuing to get better. So you could immediately feed that script to an AI avatar where, Greg, you train it on yourself and you're immediately producing content in 15 different cities all localized just by feeding the script to to your own AI. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, we talked about the importance of good data being part of those those good results, but also, you know, as intelligent as as AI is, um, there's also some let's call them some some gaps, right? Mm-hmm. The, it, AI requires good prompts, and yes. you know whether that's like Chat GPT style prompts or you know, something more sophisticated or API driven or, or whatever, it's still AI isn't going to think of the a great idea all on its yes. own. Like we, we need to prompt it. So, you know, how do you see this, this idea again, whether it's manual prompts or automated prompts yes. or whatever, getting us to the right place? Like how, how should marketers be thinking about that plus good data? Yeah, that's a great question. So we see it as a 10% human input on the front AI can do the middle 80%. The last 10% is review, edit, and approved by a human. That's where we're looking at today. And that human input in the front, and you can make it easier for humans. I mean, like some of our platform actually like refines, the, it makes it really easy. It's built just for advertising. So we know the exact you know, uh, inputs that you would want to have better personalized content. Right. People are getting tired of prompt engineering. You know, like right when... chat gpt came out everyone was like oh this is amazing i'm gonna go create ten thousand documents and by like six months later the usage starts to drop because people are tired of thinking what to tell it (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and and that's like the next step of ai is companies simplifying that and then implementing it into the workflow and simplifying the full workflow using you know ai and different elements of it and then still like exactly like you said 10 percent in the front what are your objective? Who's your audience? It, it's going to have some human elements and business knowledge, I, I think, becomes more and more important in really understanding a business than 
it, if you want to move really fast, that knowledge becomes even greater of importance now. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at it as, I mean, I guess I've, I've been around a little while, but um, I look at it as, you know, when search engines were a relatively new idea, you know, there, there are actually, mm-hmm. there are people that are good at search. I actually consider myself good at searching for things on Google. I know that even sounds just <laughs> ridiculous, almost coming out of my mouth, but it's true. Like I know people that are terrible at searching for things on Google. I, I don't, sometimes know how, but, um, I look at this as, as a similar thing and like, okay, you know, the internet was a whole new big thing. And some of us were a lot more, you know, just into it early days or whatever. Some of us late, late adopters or whatever, kind of look at prompt writing and prompt engineering and, and all that stuff, maybe in a similar, in a similar way. Although, you know, to your point, I think um, those that have kind of lived through other iterations and other, you know, buzzwords and trends and, and all that are probably seeing the similarities much like I'm much like I'm yes. mentioning here. But I guess, how do you look at this as, you know, how or how should a marketer and a team of marketers look at this idea of understanding how to write prompts and, and do all this stuff in terms of their jobs? Like, is it yeah. is it part of their job? Is it? Is it somebody that they're going to bring in for three hours to help them construct things or like what, where do you see this going in the short term? I think if you bring someone in for the, the mark, the industry and technologies are moving faster really than anything previously. So if you bring someone in for a short period of time, this isn't an overnight skill you pick up. I know yeah. you've, you said you've been using it quite a bit. It takes constant, just like with anything, constant iterating, yeah. learning how to get the right results. So it takes commitment of spending time every week. And this is one of the things I I like mentioning is one of the differences between now and some of the past technologies that were really evolutionary is a lot of people are learning in the open and there's access to a lot of people that may or may not be stealing someone else's idea, but they're sharing it on X or different places on what, how they're producing great outcomes. You constantly need to be learning that. And the second is there's some great newsletters out there and a lot of them have five to 10 new AI technologies or applications on there every week. And I like to go test them. And a lot of them are free for the first, you know, couple hours you use it, you test them, you, you figure out what you can learn from putting in prompts and what kind of outputs you can get. And it just really helps you across understanding the whole capabilities of the technology and it also helps you understand, like from our product standpoint, I'm on the business side. I spend hours and hours and hours figuring out how to fit the pieces together to com- try to com- help, you know, product and everything understand the marketing workflow from start to yeah. finish. It yeah. takes lots and lots of trial and, and learning. Yeah, I t- totally agree. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm tr- always trying out. I, I've, I've where I sign up for a new platform or two every week and go through the trials. And I've got several different tools that I'll use for different things and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, not, not everybody necessarily has the time to do all of that, but I, I agree with you as far as like leaders need to understand how this stuff is being, you know, if you're a CMO out there, like you need to understand how these tools can be used. Um, and, and, you know, I, I know I've, I've cited this several times on the show, but like there's statistics out there of like some very large percentage of employees that are using chat GPT or other things like that without telling their 
their bosses. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge problem too, you yeah. know? So I think, you know, and I think you're touching on that too, is like the openness and the transparency of using this, like it's a, it's a benefit to everybody and, and leaders that, that kind of cut it off and just say, no, don't use it. Like that, that's not, it's not helping anybody. Uh, you know, how would you recommend that an organization kind of, maybe they're not ready to, to roll this stuff out to their end customers yet, but how, how might they look at it internally as a, you know, almost a think tank or something? Sure. So if you, one is companies are starting to build like more siloed, more on-premise, you know, things. So it's going to be safer in the long run yeah. for enterprise. The second is sometimes if you don't want to feed it data, that's like proprietary, especially large brands could have new products coming out and stuff. And they're like, we don't want this touching anything open. Yeah. You can just go test it with something that's not real or not your company, you know, like go test it just from learning, create up a, create a fake brand. Like a lot of times I'll just go create campaigns and, and ads with our product just so I can see the process of something that's completely nothing to do with OmniKey, even like just an idea to see if I could take it from start to finish quickly. Yeah. So just, you can, you can test it that way. Yeah. That's one of my recommendations. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Matt, thanks so much for for joining today. One last question before we wrap up here. Um, you've given a lot of great advice and, and insights. You know, what's one uh, next best action that you recommend for those out there listening that kind of going back to the first topic that we talked about, you know, those listening that they want to get better results more quickly from their data. What, what's something they could do today? I would say... Well, use tools like OmniKey where you can get insights from like quick insights, like more real time. Try to look at it from different lenses of di from your different audiences or campaigns and different conversions. Like one of my favorite things is, is just looking through those different conversions and seeing different creative insights. What type of ads are performing well? What are the commonalities between these? This is like what our platform simplifies. And then go iterate off those. Go test one of the biggest things too is just minor tweaks to, to video ads, for example. Different music, different small tweaks can actually make advertising perform way better. So use use some of the AI tools, but look at data through different lenses and uh, figure out you know what what's performing the best and test a few new things. Wonderful. Great advice. Love it. Well, again, I'd like to thank Matt Swally, Chief Business Officer at OmniKey for joining the show. You can learn more about Matt and OmniKey by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkillstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. While you're there, check out my series of best-selling Agile brand guides covering a wide variety of marketing technology topics, or you can search for Greg Kilstrom on Amazon. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile. The Agile Brand.